Welcome to the Church of Rocky Peaks downloadable messages and podcast. Well, good morning. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well today. It's always great to, uh, to get here to the 11 o'clock service and you're awake. I just enjoy that. So uh, good to see you. Uh, we had a great service, uh, uh, last service, and looking forward to seeing what God's going to do here. My name's Mike. I'm the lead pastor here at the Church at Rocky Peak. And if you're a very first time, a special welcome to you. Inside your program is a message note sheet that we use every week for our time of teaching. And so you definitely want to pull that out as we get started. But before we jump in, a couple things I just want to give you a, a kind of an update on. Uh, first of all, Life Group started this week. How many were in your, your Life Group this week? Awesome. Good to see you. Good. Uh, you know what? I think we had more people in live groups this week than any time since I've been here at least. And it's, uh, we had uh, with, with college students and their groups, I think it was 1,150 people uh, in live groups this, this week. And it's just awesome that as we're catching the vision for doing life together. And uh, the bad news is, was that uh, of the 95 groups that we have going, that all but 17 are full. Uh, so that means that, that there's probably some of you out there that really wanted to be in a group and just couldn't find a time that would uh, work for you, a group that would work. And so I'd ask you to do me a favor. If that's you, if you really wanted to be in a group, but you went online or you went outdoors and you just couldn't find a group that, 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 uh, uh, that worked for you, would you write me a note on your Connect card inside your program saying, I'm one of those people that wanted a group but couldn't get it? Just because I want to get a feel for that because one of our, our kind of highest values here as we, we move into the future and unleash this movement is that we would have a, a place for everyone who wants to be in a group. I know that uh, Joel and I and, and Megan Careers, we worked this week, there's one single mom, just couldn't find the right group. And we worked all week, finally got a group that was closed that they said we, we, we could open up for her. And we just want to have a place for everyone. And, and, and what I would say to you that some of you have leadership gifts and you're currently in a life group uh, or you have the ability to lead a group or coordinate, coordinate a group, but you've kind of been on the fence about that. Like, hey, I don't want to leave my current group. But I would really encourage you to be praying because if we're going to unleash a movement here, we need everyone kind of serving sacrificially in their area of giftings. One of the most important areas is in our life groups. And so if you have that capacity, please be praying because I can pretty much, uh, pretty much guess that this fall we're going to continue to grow as a church. God's going to continue to bring us more people. And we, are, we need, we need uh, more groups started for the winter session. Okay, so if that's you, please be praying about that. Now, secondly, I want to give you an update on our essentials. You know, this is the first time we've ever gotten online with one of our essentials. If you haven't been on the site, it's, it's amazing. It's just a really great site. And uh, Brian Glassford put that together. Just a great job on that. Uh, anyway, uh, we had uh, already 89 people online taking the Discovering God, or uh, Discovering, um, yeah, kind of Pursuing God one-on-one -on -one course. And so we are very excited. I've even got people from my old church calling, like, how do we get involved? It's like, well, just come to Rocky Peak and become a member, and then you're, on, you're good. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, seriously, but uh, that, that'd be a great resource, not only for those here uh, in our church, but also for really around the world. And so we're excited about that. Uh, the good thing about that course is that uh, you don't have to actually sign up at any time. I mean, it's available online at any time you want to take it. And so uh, it's all about kind of uh, growing in your one-on-one -on -one time with God and how to spend time with him one-on-one. -on -one. So we're very excited about that. I want to give you those two updates. But uh, we, are, we are ready now. We're going to go into our time of teaching. And uh, so if you're all set, I'm ready to go. You guys set? All right, let's jump in. 
Let's pray and we'll get going. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in our church and unleashing this movement uh, of passionate Christ followers as we, we grow and pursue you together. And today as we come to this important final message, it's all about choice and consequence. We pray that we would wrap up this series, uh, kind of put a, a tip on it, drive it deep in our heart that we don't lose it. And, and God, if there's any areas we need to grow or shift or change today to follow you more passionately, we pray that you'd speak to us in your name. Amen. Well, our story starts today uh, uh, many years ago. My daughter was 16. It was, uh, it was her 16th birthday. And I don't know about you, but I remember when I turned 16. And I had been waiting forever to get my driver's license. I'd had my permit for, uh, for six months. I've been riding my motorcycle everywhere. But I was waiting for that day I could get the driver's license. I don't know if you remember that day in your life, but that is a big day. And, and a whole new world opens up. And so, I mean, on my 16th birthday, I was down there at the DMV getting my license. And so when my daughter, my oldest daughter, was approaching 16, I was very excited about this day for her. And so for six months, she'd had her permit. We're practicing, you know, all the maneuvers you do out in the parking lots, learning to park and all those kinds of things, taking all the different routes, freeway driving, mountain driving, doing all those kind of things, getting ready for her driver's test on her birthday. And so she, she signs up, you know, calls the DMV, gets an appointment and everything. And so we're, we're now driving there on her 16th birthday. And I'm excited. She's excited, but of course, we're both very nervous because, you know, there's, there's a lot hanging in the balance. Like, you don't want it on your resume that you failed your driver's test, right, at 16. So, so there's a lot hanging in the balance, and so we, we pull in, we find a space, we go inside, uh, we, we sit down, and we wait for her number to be called, and finally, uh, the, the guy comes around the corner, the instructor, tester, comes around the corner, and he calls her name, and she gets up, and she walks off, and I, walk my, I watch my 16-year-old go, and I'm nervous now. I'm, I mean, we have done our reconnaissance work, right? We, we have gone out, we've done, gone undercover. We found every route that the testers take. We have gone out there. We have done all these routes. We've gone through the blind intersections. We've done it all. We've practiced, we're ready to go. And so she's as well-prepped as she can be. And yet I'm just so, so nervous for her. And it seems like forever, like she's just gone forever. I know it wasn't that long, but it seemed like an hour. And I'm nervous just waiting for her to get back and come around the corner. And so finally she gets back. She comes around the corner. I look at her face and I, I'm looking for her face or any you know, sign clues, like how's it going? So I look at her face. And well, today we're, uh, we're continuing our series. In, in fact, it's the last message in this series that we've been in all summer. Uh, for those of you who are new, uh, brand new, welcome. It's a series on the book of Proverbs. It's called Choose Wisely. And so uh, for those of you who are here at the beginning of the series, you may remember this. That, that very first week, uh, 13 weeks ago, the very first week, we, we started this series by going to Proverbs chapter one. And like we often do at the start of a series, set it up, who wrote it, why is it written, and so on. And so we did that that very first day. We talked about this, how the book of Proverbs written by Solomon, who's King Solomon, the, 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 the third king of Israel, why he wrote it to teach us the path to life, uh, kind of like the, the path to life. There's path to life, path to death, how to walk the path of life. And, and then we focus in on this key statement in verse seven that's really kind of the key that unlocks the whole book. And so if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn there. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse uh, 7. And so in 1 7, it says, The fear of the Lord. Now remember this whenever the Old Testament capitalizes the word Lord all the way through, what does that mean? What's that stand for? Yeah, Yahweh, right? It's a personal name of God. It doesn't, in the Hebrew, it doesn't say Lord. It actually says Yahweh, the personal name of God. So it says the fear of Yahweh is the beginning. It's the first step 
of knowledge or wisdom. Kind of in Proverbs, knowledge and wisdom often used interchangeably. So it says, the fear of the Lord is the first step towards wisdom. And so we talked about this that first day. We broke it down and we talked about what does it mean to fear the Lord? And we, we looked at the Old Testament, kind of studied this out, and we learned that to fear the Lord means to love him, to trust him, and to follow him especially at those times in our life when what he asks us to do either makes no sense or it's really hard. That that's when we find out whether we're serious about fearing the Lord. And so, so to fear the Lord means to love him, to trust him, and to follow him, especially during those hard times where he asks us to trust him and to do something that's very difficult or kind of counterintuitive. And we find out those times, do we fear him or not? And what we learn is that, that the fear of the Lord then is the path to life that the fear of the Lord, there's a, there's a path to life, there's a path to death, and that the fear of the Lord is the first step to the path to life. Now, today, we wanna build on that, kind of go back to that where we started and build on that. In chapter one, the next thing that uh, Solomon does is he introduces us to two key characters, uh, two guides on this path to wisdom. And so the first person is, is a person that we've met many times in this series. He is this ideal father that we keep meeting, like over and over again in Proverbs, says, my son, uh, do this, my son, do that. And so we've talked about this ideal father who guides us in the path of life, kind of puts his arm around his adolescent son and says, son, let me tell you how life works. Let me show you the path to life. And we've, we've met him many times in Proverbs. But there's a second key guy that we've not talked about yet, and her name is Lady Wisdom, all right? So, so Lady Wisdom is this woman who's a personification of the wisdom of God who comes into our lives and leads us to the path of life, and she shows up several times in the opening nine chapters of Proverbs. And so today, as we wrap up this series, we want to go back to chapter one, where we started, and we want to let uh, listen to Lady Wisdom as she leads us in the path to life. So if you have your Bible, we're going to go start at verse 20, and we'll go to the end of the chapter. So verse 20 says, wisdom calls out in the street. So catch this, uh, wisdom is going to be personified as this woman. We call her Lady Wisdom. And, and Solomon says, Lady Wisdom, she's out in the streets of life. She's out in the intersections of life. She's, she's not hard to find. The, the point is, is that wisdom in your life and my life, it's not hard to find. If you want to be wise, you can be. And so wisdom is not hiding herself. It's not playing a hide and seek game. That if you want to be wise, she's out there. She's, if you live in the valley, uh, wisdom is at the corner of Devonshire and Topanga. She, she, she's, she's out there, kind of everyday street preacher. Uh, if you live in Seam, and you never go to the valley. Uh, you, there's, there's a corner you know, of like uh, Alamo and uh, Sequoia or something. That, that wisdom is out there. She's available. She's speaking every day into our lives. The question is, how do we respond? And so he says, wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. And in the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. And so she's out there speaking into our lives. If you want to be wise, you can be. That's the idea. And then, so this is what she's saying. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? And so this is one tough lady. She's gonna tell it like it is. And as we've gone through Proverbs, we've seen several types of characters in, in Proverbs. And she's going to refer to three of them today. Uh, first of all, there is the simple person. Now, the simple person, as we've learned before, is not someone who's necessarily evil. The simple person is just someone who's not very smart. 
They, they don't understand how life works. They're very naive, they're immature. And so for many of us, we start off life that. We start being simple. There's nothing wrong with being simple. There's only a problem if you never grow up and become uh, not simple. You know, it's like if you stay simple your own life, that's the point. And so, so there's the simple person. Then there's the next kind of person is the fool. The fool in Proverbs is someone who thinks they're smarter than God. There's someone who thinks that they know the path of life, that they're better off on their own. And so when God says go right, they say, no, I think left is a better way. So the fool is someone who thinks that they are better, smarter, wiser, stronger than God, okay? And then there's a third person called the mocker. And the mocker is worse than the fool. The, the, the mocker is like a fool on steroids. They are, they are not only stupid in what they're doing, but they are proud of it, and they're gonna mock anyone who's on the path to life. You probably work with some people like this. Just, they, they, they're, gonna, they're, they're not only not on the path to life, not only do they think they're smarter, better, stronger than God, but, but they also, they're gonna, they're gonna put down or make fun of the path of life and, and anyone who's on it. And so those three characters, she says, is, are gonna come up in this verse, and she says in verse 23, how long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Now catch this, she says, if you had responded to my rebuke. Now catch this, one of the things we've learned in Proverbs is the mark of a wise person is that they respond to what we call mid-course corrections. Remember that? We said that, that as we go through life, God is gonna bring uh, correction into our lives, all of our lives. Sometimes it comes from other people, sometimes it comes from his words, sometimes from his spirit, life circumstances, but God is gonna bring uh, correction into our lives. Say, hey, you're on the wrong path here. That's the path to death, you get on the path of life. And of course, the mark of a wise person is not that they never make mistakes, but that they're open to correction. That's how they get wise. And so she's talking here to the simple, to the mocker and to the fool, and she says, uh, if you had listened to my rebuke in your life, then I would have done something. And look what she, would have, she, would, she says. If you'd responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you. So, so catch this, that what Solomon's telling us is not only is wisdom available to us out in the streets and calling to us in the intersections of our lives every day and every week and every month and every year, but not only is wisdom calling out to us, but that wisdom, if we respond, if we will turn, if we will change, if we'll be open to doing things a different way, that wisdom will then pour out her heart to us, that, that God wants you wise, it's, it's possible for you to be wise if you're open to correction, open to rebuke, open to change. And then of course these people weren't, and so she says, uh, verse 24, but since you rejected me when I called, and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand. In other words, I reached out my hand, hey, let, me, hey, let me take you by the hand, I'll walk you on the path of life, but you ignored that. Verse 23, since you ignored all my advice and you would not accept my rebuke, I in turn, catch this, will laugh at your disaster. What we're gonna learn today is lady wisdom is one tough customer. She is gonna tell it like it is. You mess with her, you get messed with. That's the way it works. She says, I in turn will laugh at your disaster and I will mock when calamity overtakes you. So you mocked me, you're a mocker, I'll, I will mock you back. 
And, and so now she compares this calamity to a storm. I think of it like a class four hurricane blowing through our life, like a tornado that, that kind of comes through our life. And so she says, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, and when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, and when distress and trouble overwhelm you. And so you know how this is, like, like in the south or in the east, wherever the hurricanes come and tornadoes, you know, Midwest and all, that there's warnings, right? The warnings come off and say, hey, you need to evacuate. You got a class four hurricane coming and you need to leave your house or the tornadoes in your path, get out of town or whatever. And there's always some people that say, I'm not leaving, right? I'm, I'm staying. And so they don't listen to wisdom. They don't listen to it. And so what happens is that then their house gets destroyed. Their life gets destroyed. Their life is in danger. And that's what she's saying here. You wouldn't listen to me when I told you you're on the path to death. Get off the path. And, and I told you and I called out and I rebuked you and I told you and I warned you and you wouldn't listen. And she said, and so as a result, this storm has come into your life and it's blown your life apart. And she says, and when that happens, it's gonna be too late. When, when that happens, you're gonna come to me. When that happens, you're gonna say, hey, Lady Wisdom, would you come and teach me? I'm ready to learn. And she says, it's gonna be too late. Look what she said in verse 28. She says, then, underline that, underline the word then, then they will call, but I will not answer. And so isn't this the way it works in our life? That there's a great proverb that says, a man uh, ruins his life but then his heart rages against the Lord. And so we can do this, right? Lady Wisdom speaking into our life in an area we just keep ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. And then, and then because we ignore, the storm comes, the hurricane comes, the tornado comes, it blows our life apart. And now we're ready to listen. Now we're ready like, oh, I need to figure this out, right? And, and so, uh, so, so now is when we call our pastor or whatever and say, hey, hey, would you help me in this? I need some wisdom. And Lady Wisdom is saying, where were you for the last 15 years? You see? Where were you? And he goes on. So they'll look for me and they'll not find me. And since they hated knowledge and catch this, and they did not choose to what? Let's say that again. They didn't choose what? To fear the Lord. That, see, that's the heart of the problem. The heart of the problem of the simple, the mocker, and the fool is that the heart of the problem is they don't fear the Lord. They don't, they don't love him. They don't trust him. They don't, they don't follow him, and sooner or later, that's gonna to lead to bad choices in our life that leads to tornadoes. And so, verse 30, since they would not accept my advice and they were spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways. Today, I'm calling this message choice and consequence. The idea is that choices have consequences. If we don't make the right choices, we eat the fruit of our ways. We pay the price. And then it goes on, and we'll be filled with the fruit of their schemes. Catch this, 32, for the waywardness, Catch that word. There's a path to life. There's a path to death. There's a right way. There's a wrong way. When we get off the path to life, we become wayward. We're off the way. And he says, the waywardness of the simple will kill them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety, she says, and be at ease without fear of harm. Okay, so that's the passage. Now, as we, as we wrap this up today, here's what I want to do. I want to stand back from this whole series that we've done in Proverbs, and I want to focus on two key concepts that just kind of come up on every page that sort of summarize all that we've learned, and it's this concept of, of choice and consequence. And so there in your note sheet, there's a section called the path to life, 
choice and consequence. Let's jump in. The first one will go quickly. The second one will take longer on. But here's the first principle that we've learned from Proverbs, kind of on every page, is that wisdom is a choice. And as we come to this final day in this series, I just want to drive this home. Like, do you want to be a wise person? Do, do you want to have a relationship with God that really works? You know him. He knows you. You love him. You sense his presence in your life, leading, guiding. He's empowering. Do you want that? And if so, Proverbs says you can have that. You can learn how to do that. Uh, do you want to have uh, good relationships with other people? Do you want to build a strong marriage? Do you want to know how to raise healthy kids? Do you want to know how to succeed in the workplace? Do you want to know how to handle your finances? Do you know, want to know the path to life in the area of sexuality? Do you want to know how to both give and receive wise counsel? We go on and on and on as we've gone through Proverbs. And, and what Proverbs wants us to understand, if you want to be wise in these areas, you can be. That wisdom is a choice. That God loves you. He is passionate about you and that he wants to give you wisdom. In the book of James in the New Testament, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without finding fault. In Proverbs 2, it says, the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Right, and so here in Proverbs 1, this is what Solomon wants us to understand that every day, Lady Wisdom is walking through the intersection of your life and my life. Every day, she is out there. She's got a message. If you want to be wise, you can be wise. It's, 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 it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on. It doesn't matter what part of town you grew up in. It doesn't matter whether you've struggled with an addiction in your past or not. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter who your parents were. It doesn't matter how you were raised or how much education you have. If you want to be wise, you can be. Lady Wisdom is walking through the streets of our life. She He's calling out. The only issue is how we respond. And, and so this is what it says in verse 23. I want you to catch this. Proverbs 123, if you'd responded to my rebuke, and we'll come back to that in just a minute, she said, I would have what? Poured out my heart to you. Can you, can you underline that? I will, I will, let's, let's say it together. I will what? I will pour out my heart. In other words, God is not stingy when it comes to wisdom. Like if you want to be wise, like how wise do you want to be? Right? If you want to be wise in these areas, you can be, but there is a condition. And what is the very first word in verse 23? If. Let's say it together. What? If. if. Yeah, if. There's a big if. And what's the if? It says if you responded to my rebuke. In other words, to become a wise person, you have to come to a place in your life, you have the humility to say, I don't have it all together. And that I have to be open to do things a different way. I've got to think entirely different than I used to think. I have to be willing to change my lifestyle and pattern entirely different. Like, like you have to be willing to do life different than your mother. Right? You have to be willing to do life different than your parents, perhaps. You, you have to do life differently than what our culture is constantly telling us. There is a path to life, and you can be wise, but you have to be willing to respond to God's rebuke in your life. And if we're willing to respond to God's mid-course corrections, then we can be wise, but it's not automatic. Wisdom is a choice. 
Okay, you, you got that? We're ready to go? Okay, let's go to the next one. Number two then, the second one, and we'll spend longer time here, is that choices have consequences. Well, one of the big picture principles of Proverbs on every page is that our choices have consequences. In other words, life is not a game. This, this is a serious business where life is serious, your choices matter, that God has given you the power of life and death. Right, that in, in Proverbs we've learned there's a path to life, there's a path to death. God has given you the power of life and power of death, but the, the power is in your choices. You know, back in the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, there's, there's, there's a great passage. You know, book of Deuteronomy is Moses' final farewell uh, messages to the nation of Israel right before they go in the promised land. So for the last 40 years, he's been their leader. For the last 40 years in the wilderness, they've been learning how to follow God together. And the overall lesson they've learned is if you want God to bless you, come under his leadership and obey him. And he says, as you go into the promised land, it's so important that you take to heart the lessons we've learned these 40 years. Because God wants to bless you, he, he wants to, to be with you, but you're gonna have to follow his leadership. And so uh, life is a choice. You choose to obey or you choose to disobey, you choose to be blessed, you choose to be cursed. And when he gets to chapter 30, towards the end of the book, this is what he says there on your note sheet. He says, this day I have set before you what? Life and death. And we see it all through the Bible, this concept of the path, the journey, the road to life, the path to life, the path to death. We see it here in Deuteronomy. We see it in Proverbs. We see it in the prophets. We'll see it later in Jesus. In fact, in the New Testament, do you remember what the, the, the very first name of Christianity was, the movement of Jesus? It wasn't called Christianity. It was called the way, right? It's the way to life, you see? And so all through the Bible, there's a path to life, there's a path to death. And so, so back here, Moses says to the nation, this day I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose what? Life. Choose life. It's your choice, right? Wisdom is a choice. Choose life or choose death so that you and your children may live. And so this is what we've seen all through Proverbs, that life is serious, we, we've talked through finances. We've talked through sexuality. We've talked through relationship with God, relationship with people. We've talked through the power of words. We've talked through uh, workplace. We've talked through mid-course corrections and wise counsel and over and over every week. It's the same. There's a path to life. There's a path to death. Choose wisely. <clears throat> and as we wrap this series up today, what I want you to catch and just drive home in you as a Christ follower is that your choices determine your destiny. And I want you to miss this as we wrap this up. Your choices really matter. And can I tell you something? This is something that our culture is losing touch with today. We live in a culture today that is celebrating choice, but we are slowly erasing consequence at every level of our culture. What we want to believe is that life is a series of options and choices and that regardless of our choices, there will never be any serious consequences. And that is a lie. And so let me, let me flesh this out a little bit. Let me flesh it out. Let's talk about our national debt for a second. Now, now just to, get, to make you, don't get nervous. I'm not going political on you. Uh, I, I don't have a agenda here. I, I don't care what political, we, we, got a, we got a serious problem on our hands. 
right? And here's the problem, we're spending more than we're making. It's not that hard of a problem, right? We, we're spending more than we're making. And so what's happening is we're making decisions, the choice, we're making the choice to spend, 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 and we're refusing to look as a nation at the consequence that we're mortgaging our future and our children's future. We're, we're like a family that's run up $120,000 of debt on the credit card and, and, and doesn't know how in the world they'll ever pay that off. And the solution is to accept three more offers for more credit. Right? That's what we're doing as a nation. What is that? Like, that's craziness. How, how can we do that? Because we're a nation that we have forgotten that there is a relationship between choice and consequence. Right? You see it all over, you look at our school system today. Many of you are, are, are teachers, you're administrators. You know what I'm talking about. There's tremendous pressure to pass kids who are failing, right? There's tremendous pressure to pass. Why? Because we don't wanna hurt the child's self-image, right? We don't wanna tell them you failed. At times throughout, we don't even wanna give grades. We, we saw my grace because I might damage someone's self-image. And so what are we teaching our kids? There is no relationship between your choices and consequences. And so we're graduating a generation of kids out who in many cases don't have the basics to succeed in life, right? And now life is gonna teach them about choice and consequence. But the lesson's gonna be way more painful than, than if we taught them, right? Uh, you, you think of it in our criminal justice system. Proverbs tells you this, that righteousness exalts a nation and, and that when, when punishment is swift and, and sure, that, that it, it, it creates a deterrence that creates a culture of more justice and righteousness. But you look at our culture today, what we're raising up so many times in our judicial system, where there's always another chance, there are never any serious consequences in many cases, and what's happening is we're creating a, a country that's gonna be rampant with crime because there's not a deterrent, because we don't wanna send a message to those people who've committed crimes that, that there is a line you can't go beyond. You don't get any more choices. There are consequences, and this is the way life works, and we will not continue to dole out choices to you. you you lose the ability of choice, you get the consequences. You see, um, we see it in the workplace. Those of you who are employers, your managers, uh, whatever, you know how in most work case settings, it is very difficult to fire anyone today. It doesn't matter how irresponsible they are or how lazy they are or how negative an attitude, you're afraid to let them go because you're gonna get sued and you're probably gonna lose because you hurt their self-image in the process, right? And so what's happening, we're losing our productivity as a nation. As the world around us is becoming global, the global world is becoming more and more productive, we're losing our productivity and we can't understand it. You see, we've got a massive problem in our culture. We do not understand the connection between choice and consequence. And can I tell you something? That's the culture you live in and I don't want you to be deceived by it that as followers of Jesus, the Bible tells us over there are choices and there are consequences. And can I tell you something? In your life, that's what we're focusing on today. That's the message I bring, that God has given you the power of life and death and those, those choices are in, uh, that power is in your choices. So the question is, how are you responding to Lady Wisdom as she's walking through our auditorium this, this, this summer? As she walked through and talked about finances, as she walked talking about sexual, how are we responding? Do we understand that this is not a game? You know, when my daughter was 16, 
we prepared long and hard for this driver's test that I told you about. And to kind of walk you through that process, we're there, we're all prepped up, done the reconnaissance, done the ring. You know, we are all set, and I'm sitting there that day just so nervous, kind of waiting for her to come back. And so, so finally she comes back, and she comes around the corner, and I get a glimpse of her face, and I'm looking, just checking for any sign. And all of a sudden, she starts to beam. And I know she got it. She got it, right? And so we're so happy. We're going home. We're celebrating. And then that night she comes up and says, hey, Dad, can I have the car? <laughs> and can I tell you something? I was so excited. I, I mean, I remember what it's like to be six, to, to have that freedom. And I wanted her to have that freedom. And I wanted her to experience all the life. And I was so excited. I said, that's awesome. Let's go outside. It was kind of late in the afternoon. I said, let's go outside. And, uh, and I want to take a picture. She's going to take a picture for what? It's like, this is a big day in your life. You know, I just want to, you stand here right in front of the Avalon, you know, and, and then and I'll get the camera. He's like, dad, this is stupid. I know, but just do it for me. I'm a dad. And, and so uh, it's like, this is first day of school, you know, this first day of school stuff. I'm there, you know, click and click. And dad, no, no, take another one, click. Get in the car, click. And you know, just kind of going through that. And so she's like, Dad, come on, I just want to go. And I, okay, all right, you go. And so, so then I said, okay, well, here. And I reached in my pocket and I pulled out my keys. I said, here you go. And the moment I reached out my hands, it hit me. I mean, like a, like a ton of bricks. That, that I was handing my daughter the keys to life or the keys to death. That, that in that moment, I was giving her the power and the freedom of a whole new life, but I was also handing her the capacity to destroy her life, or perhaps even lose her life. And in that moment, it hit me. It hit me so hard. It was a few months later, I was reflecting on that, and I was saying, that's exactly what God has done to the human race. The human race, God stands before each one of us, and he goes like this. Here are the keys to your life. Now choose wisely. Because what I realized that day, that, that one bad choice, one, one blown, one, one red light that she runs, you know, one time that she's going 80 like her father <laughs> and, and doesn't see the red lights in front of her, one time when she's driving up that curvy, windy road to Julian. And, and, and doesn't negotiate a curb. Just one time where she's reaching down and playing with the radio and doesn't see the traffic up ahead and stop. One time when, when someone cuts in front of her and she overreacts one time and she can ruin her life and the life of those of her. That I have just given her the power of life and I've given her the power of death. And it was a scary moment for me as a father. And I'll tell you what, God has done the same thing. He's given you the keys to life and death. And when he gives them, he says, now let me tell you something. Life is serious, so choose wisely. And so as we come to the end of this series, we've talked about so many things. Lady Wisdom has, has walked through this auditorium so many times, week after week. And she's talked about our sexuality. She's talked about our finances. She's talked about the power of words. She's talked about the importance of getting wise counsel or uh, giving or receiving wise counsel. He's talked about how to know God and where wisdom comes from. And week after week, Lady Wisdom has been walking through this auditorium. And the question is, how are you responding? You see, so many times it is easy 
to play the part of the simple or the fool or worse yet, the mocker. You know what the simple does? The simple person comes here to church every week and Lady Wisdom walks through and she goes, wow, great, great wisdom, great, great insight. Thank you so much. Let me take notes. And then, and then we go out and, and, and then the simple person never puts into practice. They never make any changes. They never respond to her rebuke. They listen to her teaching, but they never respond to her rebuke. They never adjust their, their, their life. Of course, the fool We'll, we'll, we'll come here week after week and there's like four messages that they, they like from Lady Wisdom. Those are awesome, but there comes the fifth one. You know, maybe it's about sexuality. Maybe it's about forgiveness. Maybe it's about bitterness. Maybe it's about your workplace. Oh, I don't like that one. And so what the fool does, the fool picks and chooses which messages of Lady Wisdom he or she will listen to. And so we have selective listening. And so that means we will only ruin our life in that area of our life. Right? It's like, oh, hey, this, this area's good. We're just going to mess up o- over here. Right? And so the question is, is Lady Wisdom has been walking through the, the, our congregation this summer, that, uh, that are we listening? Are we playing the role of the simple or the fool or worse, yes, uh, the mocker? And, and here's the tragic thing that Solomon wants us to understand. When we don't listen to Lady Wisdom, sooner or later we pay the price. Sooner or later, the tornado hits. Sooner, or it may not be today, it might not be for five years or 10 years from now, but sooner or later it hits. And when it hits, then we're gonna be seeking wisdom. Then we're gonna be calling out for lady wisdom and she's gonna tell us it's too late. I see this happen all the time. I see a marriage, it's in trouble. It's been in marriage, it's been in trouble for 15 years. For 15 years, Lady Wisdom has been walking through this marriage and speaking to this husband and wife and saying, something is wrong, you need to get help, you need to get some wise counsel, you need to go to some counseling, you need to do some reading, this is not working. You can see it, that from year to year, you're further and further separated than you were the year before. The bitterness is building up, that the resentment's building up. There's less and less things you can talk about without having a fight. You're pulling away, you're pouring into your kids, you're never getting away alone. You don't enjoy it. And Lady Wisdom is screaming at the top of her voice in the intersection of your life. Listen up. You're on the path to death. Will you listen? Will you follow? And for 15 years, you've been blowing her off. And all of a sudden, one day, you come home and your spouse leaves and the kids are crying in the living room and we don't want a divorce. And your marriage begins to fall apart and your finances begin to fall apart and the divorce process hits. And you say, what happened here, God? God, where are you? I need your wisdom. Lady wisdom, will you come? Will you speak into my life? You call me and say, Mike, what do I do? I need some wisdom. Can you help? And lady wisdom is screaming at you for 15 years. For 15 years, I've been trying to get your attention. For 15 years, I've been at the intersection of your life. Devonshire, Topanga, I'm calling out every day, get some help. And then we wonder. And then we wonder. The young couple, they've been paying fast and loose with their sexuality. And they're not, they're not married, but they've just fallen into this habit and they're sleeping together and Lady Wisdom is coming and saying, don't do that. That is not the path of life. It can burn you, it'll hurt you. There's problems, and they don't listen to Lady Wisdom, and month after month, they blow her off, and then all of a sudden, the young woman comes up pregnant, and they're not ready for marriage. 
He, he doesn't really have a job. They, they're not emotionally prepared for this. And, and now they're thrown together in this new relationship, but they don't have time to build a strong marriage because they have a baby on the way. And so now they're living with mom and dad in the back room of the house and the baby is born and they're not even mature enough to navigate a marriage, but now they've got this third child and now we're raising this child in the chaos. And Lady Wisdom was pleading for them month after month Get some help, get some accountability. Go to your life group leader, share with your friends, find a way out. You have the middle-aged couple, they get out of college and they both get good jobs. And so over the years, their credit begins to rise. There's so many offers and, and so they, they're not keeping tabs on their finances. And Lady Wisdom is saying, get a control of your debt, make some decisions, stop, take this course, get into financial peace, whatever the thing is, get some help. And, and they just keep blowing it off and blowing it off like our nation has. And now they've got $120,000 of debt and they don't know how it's gonna work. And they call me on the phone and they say, Mike, I, I, we're about to lose our house. It's been three months and can, can me the church help out with us some with any, any money and, and we don't know what we're gonna do. We just, we've got more credit we, get, we can do. We're not sure what's gonna happen. It's, it's straining our marriage and now they're losing their house and they're going bankrupt and, and now they're coming to Lady Wisdom. And God, will you give us wisdom? Catch this, whenever you go to God and ask for wisdom, he's gonna say yes. And no matter how far you've fallen or how bad of decisions you make, he is gonna love you and receive you back. That's who he is. But he will not necessarily pick up the pieces of your house that's been blown apart by the tornado. Will he write a new chapter in your life? Yes, he will. But he won't rewrite the chapter that you wrote without him. You see? Choice and consequence. The young woman or young man, Lady Wisdom has been speaking into their life over the years. That They've met someone who's not a believer and they're dating that person now. And their friends are speaking into their life. What are you doing? You're a Christ follower. You're going to fall in love. You're going to be in trouble. Oh no, I think I can handle it. I think he's open to God. Well, she doesn't mind that I go to church. As long as I, and so, and so now you fall in love and you carry it out and so now you're getting married and you're like, well, I think that he's getting more open. I think she's getting more open. I think they're getting closer. And I think that I'll be able to help bring him to Christ. And now it's 10 years down the line and you have two kids and they're five and seven and they're going to church. And he always said it was okay if you took the kids to church, but now your kids are becoming Jesus followers. And they're sharing Christ with their friends. And they're talking about Christ at school. And, and your, your spouse is now going crazy. Like, I don't care having a little religion in our home, but I didn't want like crazy fanatic Jesus followers. <clears throat> and so we gotta tone this down. You're too involved in church. You're too this, you're too that. And all of a sudden, you're emailing me, Mike, what do I do? I wanna teach my kids about Jesus, but my spouse doesn't want me to. It's causing a problem in our marriage. My spouse, I wanna get baptized. I, my spouse doesn't want me to get baptized. My kids wanna go to summer camp and he doesn't want that to happen. He wants to send them to Southern camp because he thinks they're getting too religious. And Mike, what do I do? And we come crawling back to Lady Wisdom. And Lady Wisdom says, I will laugh at your disaster. 
because you refuse to listen to my rebuke. Men and women, are you with me in this? That life is serious. And we live in a culture that says it isn't. We live in a culture that says you can choose whatever you want, it doesn't matter. There's always a second chance. Can I tell you, there isn't always a second chance. There is a second chance with God, but not with life. You know, you, you see people raising kids and they don't consult God's word and they don't get wisdom. And their kids are going crazy and they're now 16 and seven. They're hell raisers. They got the worst attitude and the family's falling apart. And now he gets the call. Hey, can you give me some help raising kids? Hey, can I tell you something? You needed that help 15 years ago. You needed 16 years ago before your kids were born to begin asking Jesus to shape their hearts. That, that's when you start, and you needed to be raising them all along and you needed to be giving them love and instruction and consistent discipline all along and that's how it works. And we don't come when it's a total mess and say, now can you tell me how to push the magic button and retrain my kids? Now brothers and sisters, let me tell you this, I am not giving you this as a rebuke. I am not. My heart is for you, it's not against you. But I am giving you a warning as your pastor that life is serious. And sometimes we sit in these messages and we talk about the path to life and death and you think that you cannot choose the path to life and not pay the price. And I'm telling you, you cannot. If you are on the path to death, you will pay the price. You will. It's not like you can just stay in neutral and not be moving. If you're not moving forward, you are moving backward. Right? Life goes on. And so Lady Wisdom comes and says, choose wisely. Now as we wrap up this series together, I want to ask you a couple questions. The first question would be for those of you who see yourself as a Christ follower, meaning that there was a time and a place in your life you gave your life to Christ. You understood that he's died for you so that you can live for him. You asked him to come in and to forgive you for all crimes committed against the king. You received his gift of amnesty through the cross of Jesus Christ. And you came under his leadership as a Christ follower and he sent his spirit into your life and you were changed from the inside out. And if that's you, then you're a Christ follower. And here's my question for you. I wanna end this series with a question that I started this series, for you the question is, do you fear the Lord? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the first step to the path of life. And what I find is that many people who call themselves Christ followers, that there's four or five areas of our life that we are surrendered, we do fear the Lord, but there's a couple others that we've said, I'm not ready to fear you in this one. I'm not ready to fear you in my marriage, I'm not willing to fear you in my finances, my sexual, whatever the issue is. And so sometimes we pay fast and loose and we think that because we've got eight out of 10, we're in good shape. Can I tell you something? It only takes one area of deliberate disobedience to mess up your life. There's only, if there's one area of deliberate disobedience, then you are not surrendering to the leadership of Jesus in your life and it will destroy you. Sooner or later, it will destroy you. It will derail you. It will ruin you. And so, so the question, remember, the question of do you fear the Lord, the, real, the way you can answer that is are you surrendered to him in the areas that don't make sense or they're hardest for you? Are you surrendered? I'm not saying perfect. 
You get this? I'm not saying perfect. I'm saying, are we surrendered to him in the areas that are hardest? If you are, then you fear the Lord and you're on the path to life. And the path of the righteous is like the shining of a new day that gets brighter and brighter. God's gonna continue to work and you're gonna continue to grow and you're gonna continue to walk the path of life. But, but if you say, honestly, Mike, no, there's a couple areas or there's one area I'm not, then I'm calling you home today. It's my church. You're my people. I'm your shepherd. I'm calling you home. Like, like what, what would ever keep you from trusting the one who died for you? Like, what would ever keep you from thinking that you're smarter than he is? Like, what would ever it be that in your life you think you don't need him? Like, what could that be? He died for you. He lives for you. Surrender to him today. Make the choice. Make the choice. Now, for those of you, I want to talk to those of you here, you're not a Christ follower yet. You've never had that time in your life. You've surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never received his gift of amnesty for crimes committed, and you've never made that choice to follow him. Here's what I want to say to you today, is that of all the choices you'll ever make in your life, this is the most important one, because it has the highest consequence. We're talking here about heaven or hell. And there is no greater choice than that. And so I would ask you today, what's holding you back? Some of you have been coming to Rocky Peak for a while. A lot of you have just started coming this summer in this series, and the messages are making sense, and you're, you're, you're loving those, and you're enjoying the worship, and you like what's going on here. You like the vibe, and, and you're coming. But, but you've never had a time where you've asked Jesus to come into your life and to forgive your sins and take over your life and you've surrendered your life and given your life. And so you're on the path to death. You're on the path to death. You're, you're listening to Jesus who's on the path to life, but you're on the path to death. And, and so what I wanna do today is I wanna invite you to give your life to Christ. And why wouldn't you? He died for you, he loves you, he's the brightest person in the universe. Why wouldn't you do that? It's the best deal you're ever gonna get. It's unbelievable. And I want to invite you, I want, I want to share what Jesus said about this in, in Matthew 7. <clears throat> in Matthew 7, Jesus uses the two-path analogy. He says, enter through the narrow gate. So, so he's using the, the, the analogy of a path, a gate, a walkway. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to what? Destruction. What Jesus is saying is if you want to go wrong in life, there are a lot of ways to do it. There are a lot of ways to do it. You know, we live in a day and age where our culture says, you know, I think all paths really lead to the same place. I think all ways lead to God as long as you're sincere. And Jesus says that is not true. There is only one way. It's a narrow way, and it's God's way. And later on, he'll say, I am the way. And so we enter the narrow gate through him. And so many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to what? To life. And this is why he's come, and this is why he's died for you, to give you life, both life now and in the next life. And, and so he says, but few find it. And so the question is, will you be one of the few? Will, will you give your life to Christ today? Will you receive his gift of eternal life? Will you bow your knee to Jesus? Will you turn from that which is evil and wrong? The Bible calls it repent. And when you turn to Jesus and give him your life and you ask him for a new life, and will you do that today? It's the most important choice you'll ever make. 
And no amount of coming to church, no amount of reading your Bible, no amount of messages can ever make that choice for you. Lady Wisdom is walking through your life today and she is inviting you into a relationship with Jesus that will change your life forever. And, and if you've never made that choice, I'm gonna give you that choice opportunity right now. Let's pray together. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I wanna talk to both groups of people here. I wanna talk to those of you who are my brothers and sisters in Christ. You've given your life to Jesus. My question for you as we wrap up this series is do you fear the Lord? And if you do, God's blessing on you. May you just continue to grow and thrive and join us in this movement. And together, we're gonna link arms and we're gonna see hundreds and thousands of people come to Christ because, because we're pursuing him together. And you're part of this thing. And I just bless you for that and thank you and encourage you to keep on keeping on. Let him be your teacher. Let him be your Lord. Just listen and follow. But for others of us here, brothers and sisters, that you know as I'm talking today, you, you know you've been playing fast and loose with Lady Wisdom. You, you know you've been listening and taking notes, but not really following. And maybe it is your finances. Maybe it's your sexuality. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's your workplace. I don't know, but you know that you're not really fearing the Lord. And so as I've been talking today, God's been all over you. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you, calling you home. And, and he loves you and he's calling you back. And I, I just wanna ask you in the quietness in this moment, as we go to communion in a few minutes, you would just respond to Jesus and surrender to him and run home to him and experience the Father running to you like to the heart of the prodigal and experience his arms around you, welcoming you back as you get back in the path of life. And then for those of us here, maybe you're not a Christ follower. You've been coming for a while, but you've never given your life to Jesus. I wanna invite you home today. I wanna invite you to get off the path to death and destruction, get on the narrow path to life. Jesus loves you, he died for you. He will forgive you for all crimes you've committed. He will come in and live inside of you to teach you and change you. And he'll prepare you for this life and the next life. But you have to ask, it's your choice. And so in the quietness moment, if you're ready to make that choice, if there's something that's about bursting out of your heart right now, you almost wanna run down this aisle because you're just hungry for Jesus and you're hungry to know God, then I want you to pray with me right now and just say this prayer in your heart. God will hear and see. Just follow along in your mind or your heart. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I wanna get off the road to death and on the path to life. I ask you to forgive me for all my rebellion against you, all that I've done wrong, for acting as if you don't even exist at times. I ask you to forgive me, to receive me to you, to forgive all that I've done, to fill me with your spirit, to give me a new life, and to teach me how to follow you. I surrender to your leadership in my life today. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you just prayed that prayer, I would love to share that moment with you, that decision. And so would you do me a favor? In just a few minutes, we'll be taking our offering. Inside your program is a little connect card. And I'd ask you to fill out that card and just say, I prayed to ask Jesus into my life or I asked Christ to my life. I'll know exactly what you mean. This week, I will send you a letter with some first steps in your new relationship with Jesus. We will call you to talk about baptism, because if you're serious about following Christ, that's the first step. And we'll, we'll discuss that with you, and we'll begin this journey together. Now, Lord, we come to you as your church. 
on this last day of this series. God, we just come. We thank you for Jesus, who is the ultimate wisdom of God. We've heard his voice through these Proverbs, the one who inspired them all. And we come today to choose wisely. We come to celebrate you as the wisdom of God who died for us and rose again for our forgiveness in our new life. We come today to confess our sins and to ask your forgiveness. We come today to surrender to your leadership from this point on. And so we thank you for your life, your death, and your resurrection that's represented by the, by the juice, by the bread, the blood and the body broken for us that makes all things new. And we celebrate as your church. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. And I'm free to live, <clears throat> I'm free to give. Uh, I'm free to be who I was created to be. And, and of course, that's why Jesus came. He said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it to the full. And so this summer, we've studied the path to death and the path to life. And we ended up today with the call from God to choose wisely. Lady Wisdom walks through our path and says, let me explain to you how life works, that wisdom is available, that I'm here, that if you want to be wise, you can be, but there's a choice. So you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to grow. You have to be willing to listen to rebuke. And if you will do that, I will pour out my heart to you and I will lead you in the path of life. But if you refuse to listen, if you refuse to follow, if you refuse to change, then your life will be a disaster. It will sooner or later, the class four hurricane will come into your life. It will demolish your life. The tornado will come. And she says, then you will seek for answers and, and there will be very few to find. And so the lesson is, Fear the Lord, trust him, love him, follow him, surrender to his leadership, and let him lead you in the path of life. Amen? Amen, Amen. and as we catch as a church, men and women, we're gonna so encourage one another. There's one brother or sister is pursuing God and making the tough choice and they're changing. It inspires the person next to you. And your obedience inspires mine and mine inspires yours and yours inspires the person next to you. And that's how a movement is unleashed, as we learn to come under the leadership of Jesus, and we learn to trust him as the ultimate wisdom of God in our life, the one who spoke these proverbs through Solomon and others, that spoke them into existence. And as we follow him, he'll lead us in the path of life, and God will unleash a movement here that's amazing. And people across these valleys will wanna know what's happening, and they will come, and we'll be able to share with them the message of life, the message that there is one who loves them deeply and passionately who died for them to set them free so that they'll be free to live and they'll be free to give and the movement will go on, amen? Amen, but it starts with each of us surrendering to him and letting him transform us so that we have that message and that life that, that speaks louder than our words. So may the Lord be with you this week. Next week, we're taking a break between series. Uh, next week, the topic is suffering in hard times. Uh, you know, as Christ followers, there are times in our life we go through hardship because we don't listen to lady wisdom. We saw that today. But there are other times where God allows hard times to come into our life, where he brings hard times in our life because he's, he's shaping us, he's changing us, he's preparing us for our future, he's transforming us. And it's so important that as Christ followers, we deal with hard times on a regular basis, that we learn how to respond and how to walk through those times to cooperate with God in the process. And so I hope you can join us next week, and then the following week, we'll kick off our brand new series, and if you come next week, I'll tell you what that's about. So uh, God bless you guys. This week, choose wisely. I'll see you soon. 
Well, that's going to do it for this week's message. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have putting it together. Please visit us at rockypeak.org where you can download more messages or have your questions answered. Remember, you can subscribe to our weekly podcast for free by searching for The Church at Rocky Peak from within the music store in your iTunes software. For Lead Pastor Mike Yearly and everybody up here at The Peak, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.